Good morning, everyone. If you're watching online, write something in the comments. We would love to know who is worshiping with us, especially, do you know that there's people watching online who probably are at the beach right now? So write your address of where you're at the beach and we're just gonna bring church to you. We're gonna come join you. So we have a great opportunity, a way you can serve today. And it's absolutely amazing. Catherine Barnes is right there and after traditional service at 12 o'clock. So you would have time to go home, relax for a few minutes. But after traditional, they're having chicken salad here and they are working on vacation Bible school set up. So that's gonna be amazing. That's a great way to help with vacation Bible school and not have to work with children, right? You could just help set up. But if, if you'd like to work with children, sign up to help with Vacation Bible School and make sure you sign your kids up for Vacation Bible School as well. If you notice, we have flowers on the altar today. Those are uh, in honor of Robert and Charlie Nell Johnson for their birthdays this month given by the family. Um, so next Sunday, if you show up for celebration service, you're going to be an hour early, all right? So next Sunday, church, it's a one service at 10 a.m. We have Keith Elder that's going to be leading. He sings and preaches. It's amazing. So um, Pastor Sam, I don't know what you're going to do next Sunday. He's going to have hot dogs and ice cream after the service. How exciting is that? So it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, this Thursday, May 26th, is Teacher's Appreciation Day. Our mission team will be feeding uh, the teachers over at Stripland, and also our missions team is providing uh, gifts, gift cards um, to the teacher of the month for the whole year. So it's awesome. Continue to uh, support our mission team and say, great job, mission team. So it's pretty awesome they're doing that. If you notice uh, in the hallway here um, by Hebrews, we have a small bake sale today for any junior high going to camp, and we know Parker Casey's going to Camp Sumatanga for sure. So if you want to support Parker Casey going to camp, buy a bunch of stuff, but save me a sausage biscuit because I haven't had breakfast yet. Um, on June 5th, that's two Sundays from now, the youth are going to come to this service, not sleep it. The, they sometimes do the sleep in option, which is the next service, but they're going to come to this service and then we're going kayaking after. And if any of you are like, oh my gosh, I want to go kayaking with the kids, you're welcome to join us for that. Um, and the youth this Wednesday are going to be cooking and having a good time from 6 to 8 here. Um, so, and don't forget to come to Sunday school class. It's amazing. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and worship with us? Reborn, it's 
Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Of the goodness 
Y'all may be seated. I appreciate you being here so much. Miss Catherine's going to take the children to Children's Church right now. So um, I want to go. Can I go too, Miss Catherine? Woo! Each uh, week during the month of May, we're doing a missionary focus because you, just a reminder that the United Methodist Church support, supports missionary, 350 missionaries in 60 countries around the world. We're not doing all of them, but each week we're going to highlight one of them. This week is Trisha Manns, 
Trisha is uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, and she's serving in Seoul, South Korea right now. And this is just a reminder uh, to pray for Trisha as she serves in South Korea as a missionary with Global Missions right now. Um, in addition to that, we are going to, uh, we always give you an opportunity to give and support. We give you an opportunity to volunteer for like things like Vacation Bible School or to help the, the, the youth with their bake sale. But we also give you an opportunity to give, give to support these ministries. And um, two weeks from today, it's first Sunday in June on Pentecost Sunday, we're going to give you an opportunity to give a special offering to help. I don't know about you, but my heart still breaks for the people of Ukraine especially for the refugees that have had to flee their country because of war. This year's annual conference special offering is going to go for uh, refugee support for Ukrainian refugees. Here's a little short film about that. missionary families shared their homes and their lives with the children of Chernobyl supported seminary students to raise up new leaders in Estonia Latvia and Lithuania helped fund and plant new churches been part of numerous mission teams sponsored pilgrims on Emmaus and supported a Baltic chrysalis community welcomed youth to Simitonga's International Peace Camp helped build up Camp Wesley their own Simitanga. Now we have another opportunity to support our friends and partners in Eastern Europe. United Methodists in the Baltics are opening their churches, their homes, and their hearts to vulnerable people forced to leave Ukraine. We invite your congregation to join us in showing love and support to Ukrainian refugees. Our special offering will help our friends in their work. We will give through the advance knowing that 100% of our gift will be used for this purpose. Thank, Thank you, you for giving, giving generously. Okay, if you're like me and you've wondered how you can help, uh, this, is, this is a way that you can, can help by supporting those. And I don't know if you knew some of the people in those pictures. I did. I recognize uh, Patrick Friday, who's a North Alabama guy, Dale and Kelly Clem and their family who served uh, in... Um, in that area for um, a while as missionaries so um, anyway help if you can um, will you join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer gracious God everything that we have every good and perfect gift including the air in our lungs comes from you and we have so many blessings and we enjoy uh, so many advantages because of simply where we live and and the uh, place where we uh, we're born and God also you're so good to us all of our lives as the song says you've been so so good to us so help us now to respond by giving tithes and offerings help us to respond by giving our lives our our hands our feet our energy our passions our gifts and help us to respond uh, when the time comes to your call to to give sacrificially for those who have had to sacrifice everything because of war-torn country in which they live. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
giants come calling my name I got so much bigger troubles I face Why would I hunger power over riches or fame I got so much better than all of these
All right, what do y'all think about the new song? Amen, was that good? Jay's got his singing pants on today. That's awesome. That's my favorite new song. That's my favorite new song now. Um, I just love our praise band and, and the way that they lead us into worship. It's, it's so good, so awesome. Um, I have um, John chapter 14 today, verses 23 through 29 is our gospel reading today. And um, it will be up on the screen for you if you want to follow along there. Jesus answered him, those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them and we will come and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine, but it is from the father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remain with you and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. You have heard me say, I'm going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs so that when it does occur, you may believe. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, before I go any farther, um, I want to uh, just put a little plug in for next week. We're going to have one combined service at 10 o'clock. Okay, everybody hold up 10 fingers, uh, 10 o'clock. Okay, remind your neighbors, 10 o'clock. It's going to be Memorial Day weekend. We're going to have fun. We're going to have some hot dogs and ice cream after the service. But I want you to hear just a clip from the, my friend Keith Elder, who's going to be singing and preaching uh, this is this is what Keith sounds like. He writes his own songs. Blessed, born into a family where there's laughter in the rafters and there's love in every room. For the moment and forever to have godly parents pray and she'll come to know the truth. Doesn't know not everybody gets the cakes and birthday parties. Some don't get the good night kiss. No way she knows how blessed she is. That's Keith, and he, he and his guitar is going to be, he's such a wonderful storyteller and great preacher, and you're going to love him. So come and bring a friend. You're going you're gonna to be glad that you did. Okay. Our family loves movies that maybe everybody doesn't love, that maybe don't get um, great reviews and things like that. And one of the one of the movies that falls into this category 
is Home Alone 3. Now, everybody loves Home Alone 1, you know, Kevin and the bad guys, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stearns and all of that kind of stuff. Everybody loves 1, 2, well, it's okay, but everybody kind of falls off the radar when it comes to 3 because 3, you know, it doesn't have Macaulay Culkin in there. It doesn't have Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern as the bad guys. Instead, it just has this little guy, Alex, who's 8 years old, and he gets the chicken pox and he gets left home alone. Of course, it wouldn't be home alone if he didn't get left home alone. He gets left home alone because his mom has to go in to work. And so meanwhile, when he gets left home alone, there's this crew, an international crew of bad guys who are trying to find this secret computer chip and this secret microchip has been hidden inside of a toy car and Alex has the car, it's a little you know, radio control car, and he doesn't know that there's a secret chip in there. He just likes playing with his remote control car. And I'm not going to tell you any more of it because uh, you might want to watch it yourself. Anybody else like Home Alone 3? Uh, a couple, a couple of y'all have good, the same, similar bad taste in movies as us. But there's a scene that I really think about a lot in that movie um, where Alex's mom gets called in to work. Um, and she's going to have to leave him home alone, and she feels really bad, and so she has this conversation with little Alex. He's got the chicken pox. He's in the bed. His mom says, I've just got to go in for a little while. I've got to sign some papers. I've got to show my face. I'll be gone for an hour at the most. And Alex doesn't want her to go. He says, what if there's a tornado? And she says, is not in winter and they live in Chicago and there's snow on the ground right okay it, tornadoes can happen anywhere but usually not in Chicago in the winter time and Alex goes what about social unrest Ma says I don't think so Alex says boredom I hear it's deadly in old people no goodbye sweetie well what about crooks well, that's not really a problem during the day, his mom says. This is a very safe neighborhood. The doors are locked. You've got all my numbers. I'll be home soon. And one last-ditch effort, Alex goes, But, Mom, what about dragons and giant spiders and mummies and the living dead and other figments of my imagination? And she says, Alex, I can't help you there. Only you can control your imagination. And he said, That's a scary thought, Right? Being left all alone can be a scary thought. It really can. It, there's real fear there. And this is the kind of fear that the disciples are facing in, in this last discourse that, that Jesus gives to them. John 14 through 16, his farewell discourse. He tells them, I'm going away. I'm going away. He says, I'm going to, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be killed and buried and I'm going to be raised on the third day and then I'm ascending to the Father. He's telling them all this and I can really picture the disciples with this look on their face like little Alex in Home Alone 3. But Jesus, where are you going? And Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again and I'm going to receive you to myself then so that where I am, you can be there too. Well, can we go with you, Jesus? No, you can't come with me right now. You can't go where I'm going. Well, how long will you be gone, Jesus? Well, I'll be gone for a little while, and a little while 
uh, you won't see me in a little while again, you'll see me. But who will take care of us, Jesus? Well, I'll ask the Father, and he will send you another advocate to be with you forever. This is, I'm loosely quoting John chapter 14, in case you haven't noticed. But Jesus, what about dragons and giant spiders and mummies and the living dead and other figments of our imagination? They didn't really say that. But we do. Look, our imaginations work pretty good, don't you? Have you ever imagined the worst? Yeah. Maybe Jesus would have said something like this if they had said something about dragons and giant spiders. Maybe he would have said, y'all, that's not going to be a problem because of your inheritance. Because of what I'm leaving you. Because, you see, y'all are heirs, and I'm leaving you something. What is Jesus leaving them? What's the inheritance? That's a good question. It's a good question for us to wonder ourselves today because, well, I could, I could give you many scriptures for this, but I'm just going to give you one to show you what the Bible says about us being heirs as well. Romans 8, 17 says that we're God's children, and if we're God's children, then we're also heirs and heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. I'm an heir, you're an heir, we have an inheritance. So the inheritance that Jesus talks about leaving the disciples in John chapter 14, he also leaves to us. He also leaves to us. Would you like to hear about it? This is almost like a reading of a will or something, right? Okay. Our inheritance includes the constant presence of Christ. Verse 23, Jesus said, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will make our home with them. We will make our home there. Well, the word home in verse 23 is so cool. It's only used two times in the New Testament, and both times are in John chapter 14. Sometimes it's translated home, sometimes it's translated abode, sometimes habitation, and sometimes mansion. I have brought some props to help you remember these Greek words today. Here's my first one. This is to remind you uh, of the Greek word mon, M-O-N-E, and it means habitation, home, abode. And it also means mansion. You know John 14 where Jesus said, In my Father's house are many moans, are many abodes, are many dwelling places. And then in verse 23, Jesus says, Here's what's your inheritance. The Father and I will make our dwelling place with you always. We'll make our home with you always. Now, Jesus says, if you love me, if you keep my word, and you say, aha, ah, Pastor Sam, there's the catching point. If you love me and keep my word, that means I have to obey all of, no, that's not what it really means, Whew, right? Because I don't obey all of Jesus' words perfectly. You don't either. 
But it's deeper than that. To keep his word means to hold it dear. It means to pay attention to and protect it. It goes beyond just simple obedience. I'm not telling you not to be obedient to Jesus' words. I'm not saying that. I'm saying to hold dear his words means something more than that. Let me give you an example. I can literally hate your words but be obedient to them because I'm afraid of punishment. Have you ever had a really, really mean school teacher? And you hated what that school teacher said, but you kept that school teacher's word because you were afraid of getting a paddling or something? I'm, I'm old school. We got paddled. Or you might hate what your parents tell you to do. You might hate their words, but you do it anyway because you don't want to get grounded or something. To keep Jesus' words means that I always hold them dear. Even if I don't follow them perfectly, I always want to follow them perfectly perfectly because I want to follow him perfectly because I love Jesus and I love his words and I hold dear to them loving Jesus and holding his words dear go hand in hand and all of that goes hand in hand with the constant presence the abode the moan of Christ Jesus is always there Jesus is always there Isn't that great news? Because sometimes don't we feel very, very alone? We do. We do sometimes. But that's our inheritance, okay? Second thing is our inheritance includes the promise of the Holy Spirit. Verse 26. In a couple of weeks, it's going to be Pentecost Sunday. I love Pentecost Sunday. I love talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the advocate, the helper, the comforter. There's a Greek word in here, and I've brought another prop with me. Are y'all ready for this one? You just think you're ready. You're not really ready. Because I have brought a pair of cleats. Huh? Surprised you on that one, didn't I? A paraclete. The word for the advocate is paraclete. P-A-R-A-C-L-E-T-E. Come on now. Paracletes. It's a courtroom term. And it means one who is called alongside to help you. Your counselor. Right? Your advocate. One who is called alongside you to help you in your moment of need. It's also called the comforter. It's the Greek word paraclete. The Holy Spirit comes to us to speak for us, to remind us, to teach us, to tell us about what Jesus' words have said, to testify to us on Jesus' behalf, comes alongside us, not just to remind us what Jesus said, but to give us the power to do what Jesus says. Because you need that. I need that. Jesus' words are challenging. The Holy Spirit, the paraclete, gives us the power to do what we're called to do by Jesus. I'll give you a practical example of that. Jesus said in John 13, A new commandment I give to you, 
to love one another as I have loved you. And by this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another, right? We need help with that. Honestly, the problem is, and I'm just going to be brutally honest here, there are some people that are just harder to love than others. I thought I would at least get an amen out of that. that now, don't be looking at your person sitting next to you or anything. There, but look, there are some people that are not easy to love, and we need help loving them. And the Holy Spirit actually comes alongside and helps us. Romans 5.5 5 says that God's love is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So when we're having trouble loving that unlovable person like Jesus calls us to love them, then we can just say, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to help me love this person. You're going to just have to love them through me because right now I want to smack them. I told you I was going to be brutally honest, but we need help. And the Holy Spirit comes alongside to help us. You like your inheritance so far? Yeah. Okay, one more thing. Our inheritance includes the peace of Christ. Verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. When you look up the word peace in the lexicon, which is, by the way, what I do. You can pull it up on your phone right now if you want to. The word peace there means a state of the heart. This is my last prop. And this one, I, I, unlike the others, I didn't get it at the thrift store. This is, this is my little heart rock I keep on my desk all the time. Because peace, irene is the word. It means a state of the heart. A state of untroubled well-being. A state of rest in your heart. That's the inheritance that Jesus gives us but if you look it up in the lexicon I hope you do this sometimes if you look this up you'll find along with the definition an untroubled state of well-being in your heart state of rest you'll also find the opposite because the best way to learn what something is sometimes is to learn what it's not what the opposite of it is and when you look this up in the lexicon the opposite of Jesus's peace that he leads us is actually what the world offers to us because Jesus said my peace is not like what the world offers you here's the opposites that are listed when you look up that word sword or violence division guile which is just deceit commotion and confusion what I'm leaving you, Jesus said, is not what the world gives. And that's what the world gives, right? Have you watched the news lately? Violence, division, deceit, confusion, commotion. But the world also offers us kind of a counterfeit peace. A counterfeit peace that's not the real peace that Jesus gives to us. Here's what the counterfeit peace looks like. Escape. Maybe through the help of something you take out of a bottle. Self-medications. Avoidance. Like Scarlett O'Hara says, I'm not going to think about that today. I'll think about it tomorrow. Avoidance. Ignoring. Just flat out refusing to face the truth. That seems like peace, but it's not really peace. 
Because that kind of peace, that counterfeit peace, that worldly peace can't stand up. It cannot survive in the face of the times in which we live. That kind of peace, that, that kind of counterfeit peace cannot stand up to deep sorrow. It may numb it for a while. You may avoid it for a while, but it can't stand up to it. It can't stand up to real danger. It can't stand up to real suffering. We cannot escape, avoid, or ignore all the things that are going on in our world. Not for very long. But here's the good news. The peace of Christ is a state of the heart. It's a state of the soul. And it can stand up to sorrow. It can stand up to actual real danger. It can stand up to suffering because it is a state, an untroubled state of well-being and rest in our hearts in spite of circumstances. How in the world can we have that kind of peace? It passes understanding, doesn't it? We have it because we're God's children and because we're God's children we're God's heirs and our inheritance includes Christ making his abode with us right includes the Holy Spirit the advocate called alongside to help us includes peace like a river in our hearts Some of you uh, know that I've been going a lot to my mom's and helping to take care of uh, of her. Um, And I was over there, I think, last weekend, and I got my mama a gift. I went by the tractor supply and got her an old-fashioned farmer's almanac. Uh, Because we had been talking about how my grandmother used to plant her garden using the almanac. Any of y'all know what an almanac is? You ever plant your garden use almanac? It's, almanac's got a lot of good stuff in there. Um, so anyway, I went by and I got my mom this almanac and she was so happy to get that almanac. Um, and she opened it up and she was looking at the first page. We were sitting in her little den. She's looking at the first page. And my mom said to me, she said, listen to this. And she's reading from the almanac. She says, there are only two days in the year when nothing can be done. And I was thinking she was about to tell me something about planting or something like that. And I said, what are the two days, Mom? And she kept reading on. She said, one is called yesterday and the other is called tomorrow. Today is the only right day to love, believe, do, and mostly live. And I thought, man, I didn't expect something so deep to come from the farmer's almanac. Did you? But it's exactly right. We don't have to wait till the sweet by and by for our inheritance. Today is the, look, we we don't have yesterday, it's gone. We don't have tomorrow. We're not even promised tomorrow. But today, we can fully live into our inheritance. Today is the day. Today is the day to say yes to Christ's offer to make his abode with you. Today is the day to say, Holy Spirit, come and pour your love into my heart. Help me and remind me of what Jesus has said today. 
Do you need peace today? Today is the day. It's all gifted to us. That's what an inheritance is. It's gifted to us today. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful at the wonderful inheritance that you have left to us. And we didn't do anything to earn it. If we, if we earned it, it wouldn't be an inheritance. But you just give it to us because you love us. You know that there are times that we're going to feel alone, and so you give us your constant presence. You know that there are times that we're really going to need help, and so you give us the Holy Spirit to go and come alongside of us and to help us. And Lord, you know that there are times that we're going to be troubled, that our hearts are going to be troubled, and you say, don't let your heart be troubled. I'll give you my peace. I'll give you my peace. Thank you, Lord, for our inheritance. Help us to live into it today. No waiting today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand together and worship with me?
Don't forget to stick around after we have our benediction and go by and get a cup of coffee at Hebrews and check out the bake sale table too. Now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.